Hello everyone, this is Joshua Gilliland, one of the co-founders of The Legal Geeks, doing a reactionary podcast after our Star Wars Day at San Diego Comic-Con. With me is Megan Hitchcock and Thomas Harper. How are you both feeling after our day? It feels like victory. It does feel like victory. <laughs> well, you were the prosecution team, <laughs> and why don't you tell us what happened with the trial of uh, Poe Dameron? Go ahead uh, there, Tom. Well, we, we came in, the, the odds were, what, 3,720 to 1 <laughs> uh, against us, I believe, with all the Poe bros mm-hmm. that I figured would be in the audience. Poe but, bros. Uh, I've heard there that weren't before. Poe bros. Oh, yeah, there were a ton of Poe bros. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going. No, I, th- I, I take credit for making a preliminary motion mm-hmm. during the judges on Star Wars panel to strike all of the bros that I figured would be in the audience. Clearly, Judge Demon granted that because uh, we had a pretty favorable jury, mm-hmm. and they—they, they, I think, they bought our very good arguments. Uh, it does reaffirm <laughs> my faith in the jury system that if you present people the facts, they're going to come up with a conclusion that that fits the the issue. True. Although I was a little concerned that people called for his death. Um, <laughs> I'm you know, not. Uh, well, with the resistance force down to I don't know twenty people. Maybe not death. Um, <laughs> well, let's back up and, and talk about what we set up here. So today was Star Wars Day at San Diego Comic-Con. So in room 7AB, all day long, there were panels starting at 11 o'clock. They had a fashion panel that was awesome, showing all these great items coming out from shirts to clothes and all kinds of stuff. They had a great collectibles panel that had... All the major companies with all the things that they were going to rolling out that, that looks like a great Christmas shopping list. They had the Hasbro panel, which was awesome this year. So there was a lot of fun things. And when we had two panels, we had our judges on Star Wars, uh, focusing on The Last Jedi and Solo, and the mock trial of, of Poe. And both were full. Both had mm-hmm. 500 people in there. We recorded the video and audio, so we'll work on that. But both were excellent uh, panels. Let's let's go with judges first, since you guys. Well, you got to, Megan got to see part of it. You got Thomas got to see all of it. Thomas, why don't you share your thoughts on how that one went? I had a blast. My my measure for a panel that actually does a Q and A is: Do people care enough to stick around at the end? And ask questions, and you guys passed that with flying. I got up and asked. I know the fact that he got up to ask a question, <laughs> and I was sitting in the back, and I was like, "Hey," and uh, he's like, "I gotta go make a motion." <laughs> I had people behind me. I, I tried to time it so I would be the last person, thinking it would peter out. But I turned around, and there were several people behind no, me. No, they had to rush the last two people yeah. because they had 90 seconds, and they still had people in line. Plus, when I was outside waiting, because I missed the whole first half. I was outside waiting. There was still a line around the corner to get into that room. So, I mean, it was a it was a very popular panel. It really makes me feel good that we have that kind of draw. That people care about the law and they care about Star Wars and we're we're able to connect how the law works because of issues in Star Wars. And it's nice to see fans come together. And it was just fun. You know, uh, the judges each did an amazing job. Uh, Jessica and I alternated with moderating duties for different topics. 
And we learned from last year where we like went up to the end and like we didn't have time for questions. Mm -hmm. So we did a rehearsal, a couple rehearsals this time, and we you know, kept everyone at two minutes. And right, right before you know what, Thursday, Paul Graywall, uh, you know, messaged and said that you know he had to be at a meeting, you know, with the CEO, uh, you know, for yeah. And since he's deputy general counsel at Facebook for yeah. litigation, can't we can't really never, turn down Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> can't say no to Mark. So. Uh, you know, he was there as a force ghost, uh, but because of that, we we cut one of his slides, and I did his whether or not Luke had a legal duty to save the galaxy from the First Order, which I did very quickly, in order to just get to the mm -hmm. material. And we wanted questions, and we got great questions from kids. Yeah. Kids were asking awesome questions. There are kids that are better attorneys than me. Yeah. And they don't about, have a law license. <laughs> thinking about legal issues and going, like, wouldn't it be? It's like, well done, little dude. I'm glad my boss is not at this, at this particular <laughs> panel. Well, I thought one of the kids was a dead ringer for Jessica's son. Yeah. And so I thought, like, is that Ike? So, like, that's why I said to him, who's your mother? But the way it came off was, like... Did you have do you have a Jedi mother? Because the way you asked it, I didn't know that, and so I was like, Haha, "That's funny. You're asking if his kid, if this kid's mom is a Jedi." So it was just funny. I'm I'm glad it came across that way. It did. Uh, the great questions, the just warm audience, and the judges just had a rip roaring good time. Yeah, they did. Yeah, seeing Circuit Judge Owens talk about the tax implications of. <laughs> You know, losing the Millennium Falcon in a game of Sabacc was deep, deep analysis of tax law and gambling. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of Judge Beckerman's, uh, her rhyme. I'm trying to think what the answer was to, or what the slide was, but she had it all rhymed out for the answer, and it was just perfectly mm -hmm. delivered. So Judge Beckerman had the forced Skyping issue, an evasion of privacy, yep. and she also had... The uh, underground droid fighting. Okay, I think it might have been for the droid fighting, but I can't remember. But yeah, it, it was just a fun panel. Every every judge had their own sort of little method of presentation, and it all meshed together really well. It didn't feel like you guys were just giving us a law lesson. Yeah, and just the way people were responding to us, they were mm -hmm. playful and laughing, and the judges were having a great time. It's such a unique way to do community engagement. So people can see how the law works. Mm -hmm. ah, such a high, yeah. walking out of there, yeah. and yeah, and moving quickly because we didn't want to block the panel after us. Uh, yeah, because that's that's just rude. <laughs> yeah. uh, Are you going back to WonderCon where they blocked us? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that that's happened multiple times where somebody goes late. It's like, yeah, I decided to eat in your time because somebody screwed me. It's like. Well, I'm not going to screw somebody else, so thanks. That was Stargate. I blame that entire fandom for that, <laughs> and that loss of three minutes. I like Stargate, too, so like that was upsetting. It was like, it was Tilk, and he just wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> he seems like such a fun guy. It's like, dude, but you're blocking us, and it's not okay. <sighs> Anywho, uh, we then had a break. Had time to get into our awesome uniforms that Christine Peake's mom made for us. Oh, those were yeah. amazing. That's phenomenal. It, yeah. There was a 
Facebook Live interviews with KPBS. Mm -hmm. uh, you did, Thomas, you got to do that, right? Yeah, I did one early, and then we did a reactionary video with them after the trial. Oh, okay. did you? Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> As they were trying to shoo everyone out for the trivia, I, I recorded a little reaction shot. And then you guys did... Screen junkies. Screen junkies. Screen junkies. Yeah. And then they interviewed Poe after the trial, so it was actually kind of cool. And they were in the trial, actually. Yes. They got. They managed to get in and look like they got some good stuff. That's awesome. I'm glad they were able to do that because you know they asked like, hey, could you get us in? It's like, I I already gave out my press passes to my three photographers and videographers, so no, I. I well, and how does that feel? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the question back at you. How does that feel now that you have? A whole press corps coming with you like you've got <laughs> photographers and a film crew coming with you well I've learned from doing this this is year four that you know it's good to ask a friend to have the camera but you know there it's very easy trying to get set up to do the panel to like to forget to turn on the GoPro <laughs> or to put the dad out to record the audio because you're busy and so having people who you know were graciously wanted to help so what we did um, we can get up to three press badges and get up to two people in for free so uh, Thomas's guest uh, was is Riley from the, the Star Wars report yeah and I was listening to to them on the way to work one morning and he mentioned that he had some leave that he had to use and he wanted would love to go to you know, San Diego Comic-Con because his sister was volunteering and she was going to be there. So I got into the office because each speaker gets, gets gets a free pass and I said, you know, why don't you yeah. see if Riley would like to be your guest? And, and he said yes and and he was, well, why don't you tell us about his reaction? He, he called me immediately. I was at work and texted him just to see his... Uh, for those of you who don't know, Riley and Bethany, brother and sister pair that are uh, part of the the core of the Star Wars Report, which is an outstanding podcast that you guys should absolutely check out. Um, they're both active duty Air Force officers, young uh, lieutenants. They're just starting their careers. And I, I've known them for a few years going back at DragonCon out of Atlanta. But Bethany just finished all her training and has, has started working. So she's sort of a little more stable. Riley is sort of at the beginning of his training, and I thought, I was like, there's no way. I've been in that in those exact boots, so to speak. I, it's tough to take leave. And so when you mentioned that, I texted him real quick, expecting like, oh, no, I'd, I'd love to go, but it's, you know, it's tough. I don't have much leave. And he called me immediately, and I was like, dude, <laughs> how, how can this work? That's awesome. <laughs> So we were able to bring, you know, brother and sister together. That's so they, cool. yeah. they, they were able to hang out together. And both are awesome. They're absolutely delightful folks to hang out with. Riley was just Mr. Johnny on the spot with all the camera needs. He was using my camera to shoot uh, photos and video. Bethany was live tweeting and, and taking pictures on her phone. Uh, she also like, kept track of our uh, you know, GoPro camera. Just wonderful human beings. So it was just, you know, the best of fandom right there. And uh, we had your boss's son. Right? I know. So uh, not that I'm trying to kiss ass, but I am a little. I'm trying to put in good vibes to my boss. So I had a pass. And then Cameron, um, so she's got two sons. Uh, I'm in-house counsel for insurance. So she has two sons. And Cameron was in... Um, 
in his first, he just finished his first year of college, but he, all through high school, did um, video and filming and stuff like that for the school. And so he had to produce stuff, and he had to film stuff, and so he has all the equipment. So I was like, hey, Josh, can we get him in on a press pass? He'll totally do it. And he was Johnny on the spot. He's I mean, a total pro. Oh yeah, he's a total pro. I mean, he's like he said when I when because I had to go get my stuff out of their room, and he's like, I've taken two thousand pictures today, and I have to go through them and find them. But and he's like, the lighting's kind of crappy, but I've taken two thousand pictures, and he's like, wow. I'll probably take a bunch more tomorrow. Wow. So I mean, he and he his mom was telling me when I got here this morning to this afternoon that. He went through all of his equipment last night to make sure he had everything that he needed. I mean, he's a total pro, and he loves this stuff. So he was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, because yeah, they all get little press badges to hang over their name badge so they can walk around. They don't have to wait in line. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a friend from my volunteer work in Sea Scouts who's a fantastic photographer as well, and she drove down from Orange County to play photographer as well. So, and they got along, actually, Cameron and your friend got along super well. And so they've talked before, and, like, it's been just a very cool experience. I had a, when I got one of the passes one year, I gave it to one of my friends who's a huge comic book fan, and he came down here for an hour. He sat in traffic for two, came down for an hour, and then drove home, and I was like, well, that was a waste of a pass. I, I really wanted it to go to somebody who likes this stuff. So, yeah. Hang out. Spend yeah. the day doing panels. There's yeah. There's like 30 panels an hour of talented people who've worked hard. See them or go wait for Hallroom hall 8. Each. Go Which, try. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would advise against that, but Ballroom 20 is manageable or 6BCF. You know, that seat's 2,000. You can have a good time in there. So it's just do the effort. And as somebody... What I've noticed distinctly, because for those listeners who don't know, Josh, California, Megan, you're California. I'm not from California. I'm from the East Coast, originally North Carolina, but I live in Pennsylvania now. And the distinct vibe that I got from talking with you guys from, like, from the very beginning, certainly when I met you and then when I met you at WonderCon, was like, you guys look at comic-con completely differently than the rest of the country does it's almost like this built-in thing and definitely when we did our presentation at WonderCon, i got the sense like everybody's like this is their like multiple year going and everybody's got the in and i can tell you for a fact that like the rest of the country it's like this mountain to get to and so i remember distinctly like my dad and i were always talking about this would be the mecca trip coming out to San Diego and like while he couldn't come speaking as somebody that always dreamed of coming out here getting that badge is a very big deal and so it's you know I'm certainly like very honored to have been a part like a tiny part of all this but uh, for even the people that were guests and stuff like that I mean it's just it's a big deal that maybe isn't all that obvious we have 43 people with passes that's incredible because when you factor in so all the speakers, guests, we had multiple people bypasses through us because they could. So like one judge, other judges bought passes through us to attend, mm-hmm. and was, which is fantastic. Oh yeah. Which is it's, I, I got to meet one of them and he chatted and it was like okay cool you know it's like that is so neat. Uh, then 
you had the, the press folks, so uh, Ottoman and Cameron, uh, and then um, the children, all the kids who could get in free, so like uh, with, with their parents. So it's like we, we brought families together. It's like Judge Beckerman's here with her husband and kids, and so they're you know couples that have made this you know a, a you know vacation, and, and like that's what I want to see. I, I love seeing this. So how did that feel? You started all this. Do you remember? I used to go to the Geeky Awards with you um, for years. I mean, that is an actual thing. Yeah. It's called the Geeky Awards. <laughs> we went for three years, four years, three, three years. Three years. Three years. Um, and, uh, I mean, how does this feel? Like, it was you and Jess initially. Uh, we, uh, I feel very proud of what we built because we've helped create a community. But that's, that's what being a geek is. You know, there's a there's a wonderful documentary about the first uh, Star Trek conventions in uh, Northern California called Back to SpaceCon, and it it you know which was 1975, and then it and there's original footage, you know, 16 millimeter that just tugs at your heartstrings, and then it talks about how after Star Wars came out, you know, people who like Star Trek also liked Star Wars, and you know so the you know the theme started to merge that they would have you know, stuff for both. And I, you know, there was 16 millimeter footage of a kid who made a TIE fighter costume around himself. <laughs> and it just, it was like, rock on, that you had all these folks coming together because nerds make friends with each other. You know, Judge Sherino commented on the people he made friends with in line. It's like, that's what this is supposed to be. And while there might be some trolls on Twitter who are vile human beings who just, you know, like to spoil things. You know, like, I think they're a drop in the bucket to what geekdom actually is because 99% of all geeks out there uh, are fantastic people who love being with others, who enjoy the same properties, that we can talk about which, you know, what toys we bought today <laughs> or what backpacks we want or what movies we're looking forward to or what comics we're reading or what graphic novels we want to go check out because that's what a community is and people want to hang out with people who like the same things so the fact that we've been able to bring lawyers who decor you know who have a view that an action figure is a perfectly acceptable Christmas gift <laughs> and will go up in their office and we have judges who have decorated their chambers oh, yeah. with pops and toys and posters. That's awesome. And the fact that we can make the law seem less scary to people, in fact, we can explain how the law works using Star Wars or what we'll do tomorrow with the Marvel Netflix shows with Daredevil and the Defenders and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and the Punisher. This is a fantastic wonderful experience you've got to be very proud i am um but pride you know it's not the jedi way so i just <laughs> you know I, I have a very kenobi view of the world so that's I why you want to return the backpack <laughs> because i got you a first order backpack and you want a jedi backpack let's see how it is all right maybe Maybe. Uh huh. I, 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 that was very sweet of you, and I was shocked you did that, but yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh.
very touched that you got me that. You're going to return it. But okay, so I guess we should talk about our panel that we got a standing ovation on. Which I, which was phenomenal. So let's, let's talk about it. We did the mock trial of Poe because Poe was a very bad boy. And <laughs> leading a mutiny and, you know, hanging up on a general, then getting lots of people killed. So first, before you even go there, I need to ask Tom a question. How do you keep a straight face? Like, I, I don't. was trying so hard to keep a straight face, but I can't. I start bursting out laughing, but you keep the straightest face through most of that. And how do you do that? I don't most of the time. I feel like if I were a poker player, I'd lose all my chips immediately. Um, maybe it's just not quite as obvious as I think it is. But um, it's from, like, years of just terrible embarrassments including many in the courtroom <laughs> that you just roll with and you're like well what else could happen <laughs> i'm sorry but you're gonna die <laughs> yes. yeah. oops you know we're doing a mock court martial today and i prepped just a really stripped down version of an actual court martial script just to give some you know a little framework a little meat on the bones to get people in the kind of in the mood and um the very first court martial that i did you know, the script is a, a key component of that entire proceeding. Judges have an entire notebook, and they'll have a customized script to lead the entire court-martial. So this judge looks at me, you know, expectantly, and I look back at him with a blank stare on my face <laughs> Oh God, as a no. young prosecutor, and he said, Counsel, do you have your script? And I said, what script? <laughs> and he's, oh, God. And he called. He gave a 15-minute recess. Mind you, it took me five minutes to leave the courthouse and drive over to, oh. to my office on the base. Are you so serious? Yeah, so I had, they gave me about five minutes to, like, scramble and get a script. But anyhow, but... Oh, God. Your yeah. manager So stuff like, like that. You, you can keep a straight face through a lot after you've messed up on that level tell the tell the quick story quickly about uh the defense counsel that you always mess with so we were in the, the our version of the script was stripped down for time but at the at the start of a court martial typically during an arraignment if you're doing it separately the there would be the option for the defense to, or the for the government to read the charges and the charges as written are like very very verbose i mean the i think our charge sheet has a good taste of it if you go through and read that and the defense the judge will ask the defense does the defense we waive the reading of the charges and 99.999 percent of the time the defense just says wait you know i waive it and you move on it becomes muscle memory for a prosecutor to to just expect that and so from time to time as a like as a defense counsel I would not waive the reading, <laughs> and it would catch the, especially with new prosecutors, because it would catch them on their heels, and they'd be like scrambling, like, ah, where's the charge sheet? <laughs> just to be an ass. Oh, that's awesome. We didn't do that today. We just, no, but that's awesome. Or the defense didn't do that today. No. We, we didn't have the time to do no. that today, so yes. Um, so this was a, a straightforward case to prosecute. But a, a really tough case to defend, and Christine Peake and Steve Chu did an amazing job with the defense. Yeah, did a great job. They, uh, I thought it could, I thought it had an actual chance of working. It really did. It's, and if we had actually impaneled a jury, that would have been interesting to watch, yeah. a, you know, jurors actually discuss it, uh, because 
they, they went for a two-prong approach. So part one was uh, arguing factually that Poe likely had PTSD of some kind because uh, on Jakku, in the opening minutes of The Force Awakens, he watches <clears throat> the First Order, you know, kill a guy, mm -hmm. with Kylo Ren kill a dude, and then do his William Cowley impression at Milai and order the villagers massacred, kill them all. Poe gets to see that, and he's unable to stop it. He's then captured himself and tortured, including information ripped out of his mind. After crash landing, which we didn't talk about, he then is you know recovered and is immediately put back into service. So you know he does fire the fire the kill shot on uh, Starkiller Base, but then he's you know up against the the finalizer and you know the the entire First Order fleet that that shows up. So the fact that he hung up on Leia, you know, there's an argument to be made that he had been through a lot. So that that was part of it, at least for the insubordination. Mm -hmm. The other part. Steve did a deep dive. Oh, he really did. <clears throat> yeah. I was like, where is he getting this? Like, I, wow, yeah. So it's fitting that we have the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars because we had uh, Order 66 mm -hmm. as an example of uh, don't follow illegal orders mm -hmm. because the clones went out and slaughtered Jedi without, you know, but we can talk about defending clones for that later. And, and we'll probably get to see how Rex is able to resist it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, they, they didn't turn on his Jedi, uh, which was probably Ahsoka. <laughs> uh, then the other one uh, that he was the General Krell storyline in, in Clone Wars, which is an amazing storyline. It is so damn good. And it's written for seven-year-olds, and it's just epic with the complex issues. That it's take... one of the longest arcs in the entire series, four episodes. Yep. And uh, what's wonderful of, we got to follow orders. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> he's getting us killed. He's referring us by full numbers and just sending us out to get slaughtered. You know, in the Civil War, because of the Battle of Shiloh, General Grant earned the nickname The Butcher from his own men. And Grant wasn't afraid to order frontal assaults because he did the math and went like, hey, we could fight a war of attrition. And that... You know, we could lose, you know, a bunch of guys, and we still have more. Mm -hmm. The South, they don't have more. So, you know, we could sustain heavy losses and wipe them out at the same time. Mm -hmm. You look at what Krell's doing, it's like, what the hell are you doing? You're just getting us killed. And like, yeah, we can make more clones, but we're not disposable. And it turns out he was just trying to go to the dark side and impress Count Dooku. Well, and, and Steve did a great job using Krell yeah. uh, as what not to do, and then bringing in Rogue One. What they they could have hit on was they're on board the Radis. There was a, the Admiral who said, "Screw that order with not." Yeah, that's good. I thought the Rogue One piece was the most effective because you talked about like the entire existence of the rebellion and ultimately the resistance kind of hinged on that one defiance of Mon Mothma's yep. order. And I, you could arguably make the same kind of extended argument about the Rogue One crew that their disobedience, you know, if you want to put it on Cassian's shoulders, led to a lot of deaths, but ultimately the 
the saving grace for the, the rebellion and whatnot. But I, I legitimately, th- I walked into it thinking their argument in reality, in real world, in a real world court martial, would be a slow plea. Or in other words, they're basically they know they're walking toward a guilty verdict, but they're making an extended sentencing case. But it, I, as we finished, I thought that they had an honest to goodness solid. I thought we were beaten. I did too. I totally did. <coughs> Although I have to say, your closing was phenomenal. <laughs> it, it was. I I didn't know who would win because, you know, having mentored both sides, you know, and given advice to both, you know, prosecution and defense on how to sharpen the arguments, both were good, and I didn't know which would tip the day because. The defense had a very compelling argument for mistake of fact, mm-hmm. and I that that was also Christine in being able to, to argue that, and in and she, justification, yeah, and justification, yeah. and with well, what they thought was right, and, and then you throw in the PTSD factor. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's actually really good because I think there's a good argument that I mean you could have gone after Leia more. You could have, they, you know, like, and when I tried prepping Rachel, my my approach was to uh, create, you know, argue that Leia created a sense of entitlement with Poe. So yeah. we practiced with Rachel with your cross yeah. on her, and so she was prepped for that, but that's not what they yeah. asked. As an aside, a huge, huge thanks has oh, to go out God. to Sunrider Base. Yeah. yeah. And Rachel and Marcus. They, Sunrider, you guys have two of the most phenomenal oh cosplayers in the world. Oh, yeah. And they stole the show completely. Marcus, Rachel, like, seriously. That oh, guy yeah. was Poe all day. Well, I, so I did, like, a little KPBS short yep. segment at, at 11 this morning with Steve, Marcus, uh, and Rachel. And Marcus, I think, woke up in character as Poe this morning. <laughs> he was definitely in character for the interview. He like he always had at least one person in between me and him. <laughs> and I think that was by design, not by accident. But they were absolutely phenomenal. They they worked extremely hard, not just on their costumes, which were fantastic. Oh my but God, yeah, um, yeah, we we could not have pulled this off without them. And Rachel. Props off to, you know, everybody's got a soft spot for Leia, especially after she, after uh, Carrie Fisher passed away. Pro- hats off to Rachel for pulling it off. She did such a good job of being, like, mama bear, but general organa. Yeah. Like, and pulled it off with a straight face. She did all of it so well, and she was so prepared. It was awesome. She, just for, for those, because I don't, I don't know how the, you know, I didn't have a peek in on the defense prep. But we started with a prep session, and just the Skype talk, and, and you were in on this, mm-hmm. Josh, as well. And it was a it was a really productive call. I thought we had some good stuff. Rachel comes back, and within twelve hours, she had done a deep dive into Jason Fry's novelization, and was sending like us notes for our direct and our cross and stuff like that. And uh, we're talking like details, like the number of crew members on the Resistance yeah. bombers, the number of bombers lost. All sorts of stuff, um, and so you, you talk. And I know for a fact that Marcus had the same amount of dedication for their side. And if you listen to even ten seconds of his testimony, that'll come oh, across. Yeah. But it made it made such a huge difference. It was amazing. Well, what I did to help prepping for cross because prepping for cross is hard 
because you don't get to prep with the other side because we want this to be a mock trial. So what I did was I wrote crosses for both witnesses and then I crossed them. And I didn't do it as nice lawyer. I did it as go at them with a fire axe. And I, I told Rachel in advance, it's like, you know, um, I might seem sweet and like a golden retriever, but I'm going to, you know, like, this will be rough. And you feel like, oh, okay. Like the look on her face, if you watch the video, she was like, whoa. So she even, she sent us an email saying like, so I felt super unprepared for Josh's cross. Can we do it again? Yeah. And so we ended up doing it again because she's like, I felt like I didn't have the answers. So your cross was great of her. Um, and so she felt way more prepared when we did it again and again. And that's, you know, coaching high school mock trial for five years, it's like those are the things you learn that you, you know, you have to help people prepare for this. And then we did the same with Marcus. And I wrote, you know, like two versions of a cross for him, which was, you know, go at him with a fire axe of, you know, you did X, you did Y. And with Leia's cross, you know, I did the short version and the long version. And the long version was, like, she, you know, Leia knew Shara Bay posed mom. Leia wrote a nice letter when Poe's mom died. Leia wrote letters, you know, to all the people who died at the, you know, to the families of all the people who died at the Battle of Endor. You know, and how many letters did she write after Dakar and Crate? Well, and that, so for those of you who don't know, we had 50 minutes. So we gotta, like, it's, it's, it's shortened so down. I mean, I think we had, what did we have? We had three minutes for opening. Um, three minutes for direct, five minutes for cross. Well, you know, we did five and five for opening, for uh, direct and, and cross. Five and five, and then how much for closing? Five. Five. Okay. If you go to a real trial, they won't get through, like, no. <laughs> anything in five minutes. You'd be lucky to get the clients or the, the witness's name on the record And in we five got minutes. everything, including the verdict, in 50 minutes. Exactly 50 minutes, because Cameron said he had it on his clock, and it was, like, exactly 50 yeah, we, we timed it well. Well, and also, when they gave me the 15-minute warning, I started a countdown. I saw that. I yeah. saw it. Yeah. <laughs> on, your, on your phone, I saw it. But it wasn't a stressful thing. I was no. like, we're good. We were yeah, good. It was just like, keep going, keep going. Okay, because I'm doing the math in my head. It's like, okay, that should give us a minute and a half left for the verdict. Okay. And we had a couple impromptu motions. Like, I yeah. I moved to have Poe disarmed, Yep. <laughs> um, which needed to be done. That was that was wise. Yeah, and and I know Tom had one too. So he had some pauses for like laughter and stuff, yep. and so I was a little worried as we got done with the direct that we were way behind. And and then I showed him my perfect. phone, and I was like, "We're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Stay on target." Uh, oh yeah, it was it was amazing how you know that it worked because when we do these at San Diego Comic Fest, we get two hours, and so we budget for a ninety minute trial knowing that things could go sideways and to leave 30 minutes as a buffer and to do a nice debrief with everyone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, asking Comic-Con, like, yeah, hey, like 90 minutes? That's, like, nope. Yeah, that's, mm. I'm like, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to do that. Uh, but it, it's tough. It's, it's something this large and this complex to ask for that much time. But I think the time works because it, it kept us moving, it kept us honest, and as we prepped, we really cut all the fat out. I mean, really I, did. I, I'm, I'll be honest and say, like, I, I think anybody that does any kind of trial work, 
there's a lot of fat that could be cut out of actual trial stuff directs crosses that just doesn't because you rarely if ever have that kind of constraint for example for WonderCon, so josh was with me the night before and um i was running my cross uh by him and he's like no you need to change you need to take that out and that out because i'm used to laying the foundation yeah and and then going after that stuff and he's like nope we don't have time for that cut that (laughs) cut that cut that i mean he cut my three-page cross on at the WonderCon one, down to a page, yeah. and this one got cut. I mean, after after I wrote it, and then you cut it and it changed it around. Again. I cut it again, yeah. so it was down to like a page and a half. So, and the defense went through a similar process because mm-hmm. I, when we did the practice with Marcus and Judge Nahara, you know, sat in on that one. Uh, she, so like we went through it, and then Steve did for the direct. The linear direct, you know, going down the chronology, and, and my reaction was, do the impact style that, that Professor Maui talks about, and just open with, you know, we all know you. Why did you disregard, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we're, you're charged with insubordination. Why did you make that decision? Because mm-hmm. now again, because you're not disputing the fact that it happened. You know, like if you were disputing the fact, that would be right. a very different trial. But this was trying to explain it away. And there was, and there was uh, several times, I, I think I leaned over you to Tom twice, I was like, I really should object as narrative, but I know we don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, calls for narrative, calls for narrative. <laughs> well, yeah, because in real life we'd break that up more. And, bo- <laughs> and both sides had to sneak in some leading questions just to move it along, mm-hmm. which was the right call. Well, yeah. I mean, we have 15 minutes. We gotta, we gotta kind of do what we can. Yep. Make it click. Yeah. And I thought that we were clipping along. It, it really moves. So if, I hope that you guys watch it once it goes up. I know pieces of, of it are up on YouTube, and I'm excited to see what gets done with it, like getting cut up and edited and whatnot. But it really does clip along. 50 minutes sounds like a, a big time commitment. It does, but it wasn't. But it's like. Bam, 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 bam. You're not going to be able to catch your breath. And Judge Denman had some good little one-liners in there. So I would definitely watch the whole thing because some of his responses to our objections are well, well, well worth watching. His comment to Poe about ground the whole thing, everybody was laughing so hard. That was my my objection. And he he responded with, he's shooting blanks. And uh, (laughs) that was... Unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> I did not think the judge would go blue, but <laughs> but it was super funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of his responses were great, and he played along well, and he was great. So, what did you? Th- it was interesting getting to pull the audience for you know, guilt or innocence and in sentencing, and so we went through uh, insubordination, and they were like, yes. Uh, I think that was pretty clear because yes. he, he admitted yeah. he turned off his radio and then he ignored her order. Well, what was interesting to me was that that the vast majority of the crowd, and I, I hopefully we get video of the other like a shot of the actual crowd because it was it was fairly overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Actual court martial, you need two thirds for a guilty verdict. I think. Safe to say, we got two thirds for two out of the three charges. Oh, yeah, we definitely. acquitted on the 
okay. conduct on becoming charge, which in all honesty would be a throwaway. That that'd be a catch-all charge. Yeah. Like if we were actually charging this case, that would be our safety net charge yeah. that we could fall back to. Yeah, it's uh, and then mutiny. That was a little closer. It was closer, but I think. Um, well, okay, so the disobedience, he admitted he, yeah. he did it anyway. So, I mean, I wasn't really hammering home on his cross. But the, I think the fact that, and not to toot my own horn, but on my cross, I was like, so you led the muni. You're the one who held her a blaster. Mm-hmm. You blockaded yourself on the bridge. You're the one who, like, did all that stuff. So, I mean, it was pretty clear he led the mutiny by the end of my cross. <laughs> yeah, you don't walk that off easily. No. And so I was like... Okay, and that was the whole charge. I, I didn't want to waste time on some of the other stuff. Like, yes, we all knew he lost a bunch of people. Um, so I was like, you did this, you did this, you did this. And um, so I think that the jury panel or the audience got that, and so that's why they were like, all right. And that's, that's the risk with that defense strategy because you're, you're, they knew they were towing the line. I think that's what's fun with, how they could approach this because you're either going to negate the jury mm-hmm. by leaning into it and admitting those things and just playing on emotion and you'll get enough to acquit just they'll throw their hands up and be like i don't know what to make of this case they make some good points you make some good points mm-hmm. let's just all walk away from this mm-hmm. um but the other side of the risk is what's called a slow plea where you, you know you're intentionally kind of leaning into things to make an extended sentencing case because you know you're marching toward a guilty plea. And with a defense like that, you run a real risk because it's a very, very thin line. There's not a whole lot of gray area in between that. And they, you know, the defense did a great job. I, I thought they had us. I, I, I totally legitimately did. thought they had us. I was like, ooh, Rogue One, I didn't think of that. I totally did too. <laughs> yeah, they were on board the Radis. It's like literally you could Damn. put a picture of him up. <laughs> Damn you, Steve and Christine. Uh, by the way, I just have to point out that it's the banana and the tailpipe theme from Beverly Hills Cop. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I digress. Go back. Because <clears throat> it was the banana and the tailpipe. It was an exceptional trial, and the fact there was a standing ovation at the end. I had a lot of fun. I that mean, was that was great. just. A, I would watch that again. I would too. Yeah, and it will be fun to watch it since we. Since Riley recorded it, Cameron, and we you know, mm-hmm. put up the GoPro. and yeah. so What are we going to do next? Uh, I'm not going to say it on a recording, but I got some ideas. I think we're going to pitch for. We may be doing one. I may be leading it in your absence at Dragon Con. I, the plans are still shaping up for that. For listeners who have not, or who are maybe looking for another convention to slot into their rotation, I will happily take 10 seconds to plug Dragon Con in, in Atlanta, Georgia, every Labor Day weekend. It never moves off of that weekend. Four-day con from Friday to Monday, and it's kind of spilled into Thursday night a little bit. The best convention that I've ever been to. San Diego has been an absolute blast so far, but if you if you want to know more about Dragon Con, reach out to me at Thomas L. Harper on Twitter, and, and I will happily talk your ear off about the wonders of it. We may do that one. We're thinking about doing a pitch for Celebration. Um, you guys also kind of constantly have some other stuff. I said thinking ideas. about it. I, I didn't. We got some ideas. It's like Han Solo. Thinking about it. Got some ideas. Okay. We've got 11% of a plan. Okay. And, uh, 
That's all you need. Yeah. 11%. You're good. We're fine. Everything's fine. Uh, then we have uh, WonderCon to, to pitch for next year. So we got Long Beach, too. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so there's lots of good things coming up. So we'll uh -huh. see what we get. So, uh -huh. so everyone who attended today, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone, you know, the judges who participated as well. Judge and Harry, you rule. Uh, <laughs> Paul Graywall. You were here, buddy. We right missed here. you, and we saw your we saw your uh, Facebook post that said social media was blowing up about the judges on Star Wars. So. <laughs> right here, buddy. And Judge Devin rocked twice today. Mm -hmm. Judge Beckerman. So Judge Beckerman had love her. Uh, Judge Beckerman had uh, Judge Devin's phone, and so right as the uh, uh, trial began. Um, she texted, <laughs> and, and what she said, I think Judge Beckerman should preside over all future mod trials. <laughs> She's much smarter than me. <laughs> so. That's okay. so as an aside, Judge Beckerman was our judge for the WonderCon trial of C-3PO and R2-D2 suing the cantina, and that was Christine and I representing R2-D2 and C-3PO against Steve Chu and Tom. Um, representing uh, the Empire and the evil Empire and they were hysterical I could not stop laughing because Tom and Steve kept like <laughs> standing up and making everybody clap <laughs> so it was very amusing um, but Stacy uh, Stacy was the one who oversaw that one yeah and Judge Beckerman did a great job presenting over and she's again here with her family so bringing everyone together so let's not forget uh, Circuit Judge Owens mm -hmm. here with his family as well. Mm -hmm. I saw his daughters and they had fun. Judge Sherino. Judge Sherino has been just having a mm -hmm. wicked good time. Oh, I've seen his, uh, he friended me on Facebook. I have now seen his, 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 whatever he's done on vacation and he's had quite the fun over, over the last two weeks. Yes, because yeah, he works hard. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Being a judge in Brooklyn's hard, so it's like the number of cases they work through. It's like God <laughs> yeah. bless them. I, I think Carol. That was really funny because Carol Judge Nahara said um, that she works at Compton, and she's like, "Oh, you win, Brooklyn." <laughs> that was funny. She's like, "I thought I had the hardest stuff." Yeah, they. God bless them for all the the hard work that they do. Because the judges, the prosecutors, the DAs, since both of them sit in criminal court. They hold the system together. You know, everyone accused of a crime has a Sixth Amendment right to counsel. They, you know, you, you have your Fifth Amendment rights as well. You have your Fourth Amendment rights, and, and they are the guardians of that, making sure search warrants are properly executed, making sure the police do their job properly, and to make sure people, you know, that, that innocent people aren't prosecuted. You know, they are there to make sure the system works for everyone, and, and Zahara and Sharina work their tails off. They do. Yeah, I just admire them so much, and and everyone who's yeah. on the bench because it's not an easy job, and they are the guardians of the system. Mm -hmm. So I just it's, admire them so much. So it's so much fun to, to yes. be here with them, who because they also love Star Wars. Yes, I mean and, Carol's Chambers is crazy, and Neil, we missed you, Neil. Yes, there'll there'll be other opportunities. So everyone. 
Thank you for tuning in. We we'll, should have one after tomorrow's Defenders panel. And talk to you all soon. Stay geeky.